Hi, everyone. You're listening to In the Open, a podcast by Mental Health America, where we talk all things mental health related. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to In the Open. A couple of our listeners had written in about friendships, and we were talking about relationships and trauma. But in, as part of our work, we run a lot of data and like isolation comes out at the top. And so just as a as an organization, as staff, we were like, I think it's really important to talk about loneliness and like the way that that is a real contributing factor to mental health, right? So I do like that this, that this is the personal side of, of friendships. And today we're going to talk about what makes a good friend and like developing the skills to be a good friend. So one of the things you said around the isolation piece, I think is really interesting because we don't always connect the idea of isolation to friendships. So when when I say I'm lonely, right, that's not just me being lonely because I'm not surrounded by people because I could be surrounded by people but still feel lonely. It's that idea of really not having meaningful relationships mm-hmm. that you get a lot from. And that's right. for me, That's that's where friendship comes in and you're like, are there friends in your life where you can get meaningful conversation from support, all that? Yeah. It does remind me too of like, just like working with people who have mental health conditions or who have like autism spectrum. Like one of my favorite resources out of UCLA, it like walks people through how to have certain conversations with people to be a good conversationalist and to be a good friend. It really reminds you that like being a good friend is not a, it's not a characteristic. You know, you're like, oh, I have friends or I don't have friends. So that must mean I'm a good person or a bad person. Mm-hmm. And I, I love these series because it's like, no, dude, making friends is a skill. Like <laughs> if yeah. you're not a good friend or if you don't have good friends, it's really about building skills so that you're giving people the kind of support that you want. But I don't think most of, most people talk about it in that way. You're like, it, it somehow is like, oh, if you're popular, that's a characteristic flaw or whatever, like if you're not popular. Right. That's a very interesting point, babe, because I think a lot of people don't understand that because it is seen as, man, I don't have anybody, so then I must suck. And it's like, I must suck. Yeah. No, but it's really hard to make friends and it's even harder to keep friends. Yes. Well, let me ask you, this is a very important question. Do you think you're a good friend? I think that I'm an okay friend. I'm an okay friend because sometimes I wonder if I'm a little selfish in my brain. I mean, you've seen that happen. You'll literally have this whole thing, conversation, America, and I'll be like, oh, sorry, I wasn't listening to you for the last five minutes. Yes. <laughs> I just don't know anything that you said. And you can only do that so many times where somebody's like, okay, well, thanks. Like, am I important in your life? Like, are you even listening to me? Yeah. And and we'll come to this where it's like, uh, I think a lot about what it feels like to be like a selfish conversationalist. Oh, yeah. You know, so God, I, I hate then, that. And then like showing up is hard too because sometimes I'm like when I'm feeling good, I'll show up, man. But there are a lot of things in my life that make it hard for me to want to show up. So I can kind of be that person who will just ghost people. Mm. So this is funny that we're starting this podcast with how we're bad friends, <laughs> which is good. And then 
if I'm like feeling particularly anxious or shy, like I don't initiate. Like I have tried to make new friends and I'll have a couple conversations and I'll be like, oh, this doesn't feel comfortable. See you later. Bye. Yeah. That makes sense with your personality and like what I know about you. And But what's interesting and everything that you've mentioned is the the things that you may not be so good at, right? So, which I know is not your strength to openly be like, actually, I'm really good at these things. So I get that. But I would say this in your favor. When I have come to you and I'm like, dude, I just need to tell you stuff. You will listen and you you really listen intently, right? For all the stuff that I'm saying. And then you're very good at like paraphrasing and be like, so this is what I heard you say. And that's probably because, you know, you have a skill as a therapist, right? <laughs> but that that in itself is very meaningful because I totally feel like, oh, she's listening. Yeah. She hears me. <laughs> and then I walk away feeling better, right? Yeah. So you are very good at that. That's when I have to turn on my like, yeah, my therapy. I, because I worked as a therapist, I really built up those skills and they helped me be a good friend. Yeah. Are you a good friend? <laughs> I was going to say one more thing. I, I okay. Because I know you, I would also be like, if if you were like kind of running around and I need your support, I would totally be like, Teresa, <laughs> I need you to do focus. this. Focus on me right now. Focus. And then... You can go in whatever direction you want to after, but right now, I if I get you to focus enough, yeah. I know you'll give me, you know, your full attention and your full intent of really being interactive with me. Yeah. So I think that's really important also when you're thinking about friendships. So it's funny because you're, okay, so I'm, to summarize if I'm a good friend, it's funny that I thought like, okay, there are some people who are friendly and they can just meet all kinds of people all the time yeah. and have lots of people in their lives and friends. I am not really that kind of friend maker. I think most people are not. I think most people have a handful of good friends in life. Agreed. And I think that's important to say because when we're children, somehow we think that popular people have a million friends and that's the way it's supposed to be. Maybe it's important to decouple yourself from that idea because yeah. in life, you're not looking to have a hundred, you know, Facebook follower friends. You're looking for one or two safe people who are really good friends. And yeah. this is what saves me in my life, like finding that and fostering those relationships. Yeah, I think that that's, a, I think, a very difficult stereotype that we have to get people to understand, like. The number of people doesn't mean anything. The quality of the people makes the big difference. Yeah. Right? That is the quality of a relationship is what helps me feel actually less alone. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Well, so are you a good friend? You need to answer that because you put me on the spot. Yeah. I I am a good friend. I vouch for myself. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think I am a good friend because I give of myself. I'm not going to say very willingly because I protect myself very much. But when I do trust somebody Mm -hmm. that I value as a friend, dude, I'm there for you as much as you need. Oh, man, I I am loyal, dude. I am loyal and and I'm honest, Mm. which sometimes can be very hard to hear from a friend. 
Uh-huh. But they do know that <laughs> they can always come to me, good, bad, whatever, and mm. I will be there to try to help them in whatever way I can. Why did I answer if I'm a good friend with all the negative qualities? That must say something about me. <laughs> you solidly went to, like, this is what makes me a good friend. I think that's just our nature, babe. Um, you, It's very hard for you to to focus on the positive. Where I'm, I sometimes get stuck in the negative, but I really, really push myself to try to be more positive. So I would say it is easier to think about what hasn't worked because those are the things in my head that are like alarm bells. Like, dee, dee, nope, not a good person here. Not a good friend. Let's go through those. Yeah. <laughs> Either personally in yourself that made you not a good friend or what you felt in others that you felt like this is not a safe space for me with a friend. Oh, I'll tell you the first one off the bat is the full on everything is about you and okay. never about anybody else. That's the worst. Selfish conversationalist, people Selfish that you're anything, with man. and you're just not sure if that person even knows you exist because you are yes. there to support them, listen yes. to them. What are the behaviors or actions that you see in other people that indicate that that's a selfish friend? One is it's in conversation definitely where let's say I'm talking about X thing mm-hmm. and I think about like uh, a fish in a you know in the hook. It's mm-hmm. like oh, I've hooked onto this one random fact. Now I'm gonna tell everybody about the time that I had coffee and blah blah. Mm-hmm. It turns into this whole thing. You're like yeah, I t- attention is diverted completely back to them. Yes, yes. I call those people conversation monopolizers, selfish conversationalists. If if you're sitting with a person and you say, if you cannot be with them and ask them a question to expand whatever, this literally what this looks like. Oh, America, that's really cool. Tell me more about that. Or, oh, that's yeah. really cool. What did you think? The focus is on you, right? Like, as a friend, I want to learn more about what your experience was like. But yeah, you're right. I've had friends where Oh, I blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yes. Oh, that happened to me. Oh. Yeah. That happened to me. Let me tell you the story. Yeah. And it sucks because I think that for those people, they really do feel or think that they're sharing. Yes. And being collaborative. But for the receiver, it doesn't feel collaborative. No, not at all. I also think uh, along the same veins, it's like no interaction conversationalist, right? Where I'm just like... You know, I did all these things and I've gone here. I've done that. I've done it, but I'll tell you all this stuff. And it's like silence. Yeah. And you're like, dude, are you listening? I really run the risk of being that person. Oh, boy. (laughs) And it's not just silence. Like silence can be an opportunity for you to speak or maybe because I'm in my own head or because I don't know what to say. But you know what the flaw is, and this is something I have a risk of, is if I am not share this, this is the opposite, and we're giving you mixed signals. If I never share about my own stuff, then that's not equitable either, right? Like, right, right. You can't. So we've we've touched two sides of sharing. Sharing has to be balanced. Hearing about one another is to be balanced. So if you're the one who's always talking about your own life and you're not letting your friend talk about their life, that's one side. But you can't never talk about your life either. I've had some friendships where I wasn't able to get vulnerable. Yeah. 
or talk about myself at all. And so all I did was like, listen, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. How is that? Blah, blah, blah. And like, they probably feel super supported. But is that meaningfully like a meaningful relationship if I don't share? But I think too, one of the things that that's missing here in, in our conversation is body language. So like, even if you are not saying anything, mm-hmm. I can see expression in your face that you're like, oh, you know, and you can you can see it physically, right? <laughs> that you're like, okay, something I'm saying is like going up in her brain and it's moving something around there. And even if you are not even paying attention, yeah. right, you can tell the difference. So part of that is is connected to it. And then that this idea of vulnerability, I think, is so important because it's not just that superficial conversation, right? It's like, oh, yeah. how are things? And I'm like, I'm not really interested. I just have to say this because, you know, it's yeah. nice and cordial. But I really want to know. Like, yeah. when I call you and I'm like, yo, what's up? How's life? Yeah. I'm be like, I'm all right. No, tell me the real stuff. Like, what's going on? So you're kind of going back to you you saying like there's some people who are just kind of a wall. Yes. I have met people like that and they scare me <laughs> <laughs> because I'm like, oh, you're very stoic. Like, is it because inside your head you're judging me or <laughs> we're just not vibing and you're just like, look at this girl. <laughs> but And it's like, is it their personality or just like you met some people you're just like, oh, we don't vibe. Like nothing that I'm saying is bringing you energy. Like, you know, we're not clicking. Let me tell you, I've been that person where, you know, somebody's coming at me with like tons of energy and I'm just like – you just looking at them like a stone wall. <laughs> it's like, this is too much. And in my experience, what that comes down to is maybe it's an, a nervous anxiety that makes them kind of react in this way so that they have to like up, up, up energy level, like boom, boosters, right? Yeah. So that I can come in into a room and feel like I have control of some kind. Mm-hmm. But then I want to just sit them down and be like, your show is all nice and all, but like I want a real, I want a real, real person in front of me. You mm. know what I mean? So that can come off really badly, especially from me, because I, so many times people have said, "You scare me," and that's no BS, right? Like literal <laughs> words. When I first met you, you scared the crap out of me, and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I get that all the time." I'm sorry. You have like stonewall <laughs> judgy face. I have that face like, I need to know who you're real, you know, who you are as a real person. Yeah. So my face is totally being like, I'm just paying attention. I really, really have a hard time with friends who get very angry. Hmm. Like angry and explosive at me, like at our friendships, you know, Um, I mean, this could this can it's hard because this can blend into like toxic friendships yeah give me an example so because of my childhood and like growing up with like yellers or whatever I am so on guard with that as like a safe space for friendships like if I'm talking to you and and I say something you don't agree with if you take my words and you go to an extreme like well I guess we're just never gonna see each other ever again I'm like whoa what the heck, dude? 
that went from zero to 100 real fast. And I know you're having big feelings, but as a friend, I'm going to have to decide whether or not I can hang with this level of drama. Okay. (laughs) You mentioned before we started recording feeling possessive. And even just saying that word gave me so many hardcore red flag feelings. Like, I'm like, oh, do I have possessive friends? Zero percent. I cannot hang out with possessive people. So two things are coming to mind. One is this idea of drama. Because you say that and that doop, doop, like flags are flying up two instances in my life where I remember having an interaction with this, with one person and like they got like super in my face about something that was so, to me, trivial. And I was like, what in the world, yo? Yeah. And that immediately I was like, no, 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 I can't. I can't do this, you know? And then the other was... At some place, I met this chick, and after, like, maybe 40 minutes, maybe something, like, an hour, she was like, you're my best friend. I was like, the hell? (laughs) (laughs) No. Oh, this is where I feel like friendships and mental health run smack right into the middle of relationships because it's really where, like, unchecked trauma And expectations and relationships come like running right into our relationships. Yeah, totally. That's why I was saying earlier, like how like your friendships are a training ground for other relationships that you have in your life, at least in my experience, because with friendships, this is where you're learning how to set better boundaries. You're learning how to ask for what you want, what you need. And as you refine that, all of that comes up when you are then in you are in a more intimate relationship with like a boyfriend, a girlfriend, or whoever, right? Yeah. Those are those are two things. And then I'm gonna get back to this possessive thing because I think I am a little possessive in that if I call you my friend, you really are my friend. I don't I don't use words lightly. So mm-hmm. I'm never gonna go out and be like, oh yeah, you know, Teresa and I are like best friends no dude if we're if we're there you're gonna know you're gonna know there's no doubt the word possessive and you will need to clarify because (laughs) we like did not even just talk about it all right like possessive reminds me of some again with trauma it's like possessive reminds me of someone who's like well you're my friend and you're my best friend but you can't be best friends with anybody else and if somebody else comes into our third party like a like a threesome i am so afraid of that dynamic that i am gonna turn up tightening around you you know like where you at what are you doing who did you talk to why did you talk to that person if I wasn't there you guys went out on a date without me like that's not cool why did you exclude me (laughs) um you can't have conversations without me you know this especially when I was younger and I did not understand this dynamic at all I was sometimes that person I was like whoa I am feeling big feelings. I'm feeling insecure. And so as a reaction to feeling scared or insecure, I am going to act out. When I when I say possessive, I think of I totally believe that if you and I are friends, like real friends, right? Mm-hmm. Then you're going to give me as much as I give you. 
it's balanced off in some way. Yeah. So it's not about me being like, oh, you're talking to other people or whatever. I just know that you can go out and have other friendships or whatever, but there's value. You hold value in this relationship like I hold value in this relationship. So when you said possessive, you really were just talking, you were talking about um, just wanting to know you matter. Yes. You matter to that person as much as they matter to you. Yes. Yeah. So maybe possession is, is not the right term because what you're talking about, I have also experienced where with my very good friends and other people that came into our like social group and they'd be like, oh, well, we want to do stuff. And it's like, go ahead, yo. Like, I don't got to go. You can go and do other things with these people. That's cool. Because mm-hmm. um, they had very similar interests, you know, with some of my friends and I didn't. Mm-hmm. I was like, go at it, you know. But a friend that came into this social circle, she, well, she was very possessive because she would be like, oh, well, I asked you to go and do this thing with me. I didn't ask X, Y, and Z too. And mm-hmm. be like, oh, well, I thought it was a, a, a like all of us. And they'd be like, no, it's just you. I'm like, okay. Woo. Yeah. This is there. You know, you're so right. Friendships kind of lay the groundwork for whether or not the stuff gets more complicated in romantic relationships because like jealousy, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, jealousy and having those jealous feels it, it, there, it, there's just so much in our lives that contribute to why we feel unsafe or insecure about relationships. And the way that that plays out is jealousy or possession or anytime you're feeling big feelings in being emotionally reactive. Like it took me a long time as a friend to pay attention to when those big feelings were coming up and having to ask myself like, dude, is the way that you're reacting right now, making you a good person to hang out with? Or are you, or are you just spilling your big feels? Mm-hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that you can't ever spill your big feelings, right? Like that's not what we're saying either because in a hard moment with a good friend or even me being a good friend, I can have big feelings and be reactive. I just am committed to attending to them, apologizing. Yes. And like not engaging in habits where I am emotionally dumping on people. Yeah. You know, when you, when you talk about it in that way – there's there's other aspects to it that kind of like bubble up where you start thinking about the really the question right becomes like dude did i do that was i doing that and you see it most often when for me it has come up when i see interactions with other people and i'm like yo that's not cool and i'm like wait did you do something like that last week <laughs> you know, so then through example, you're it, it becomes more evident because otherwise you're just like, ah, I'm cool. You know, nothing's really happening. And if you don't have a space where a friend is willing to also come to you and say like, hey, you know that thing you did? Yeah, that wasn't cool, yo. Yeah, like safety and apologizing, being able to call yeah. someone out. And and yeah. say, you know what, I'm committed to this relationship. It means if I call you out and we're going to talk about this stuff, like you're going to listen to what I feel and work on making sure you don't hurt people again. 
It reminds me of like, the, I don't know if kids have the art of this, but we used to write letters to each other in like high school and middle oh school. God. We like, when <laughs> yeah. you said hurt my feelings, I would like send the letter. And you know, it, there was an art of letter writing <laughs> that slowed things down. Whereas I wonder now with like Snapchat and stuff, if you could just like so easily kind of blow up at people and everything is, there's no time to kind of sit back to be like, whoa, did what I say like hurt your feelings? And how do I take time to pay attention to that and and apologize in a meaningful way, you know? That's a very, a fine line, I think, that exists between you being able to do that in a safe space and kind of the blurred line of bullying. Because I've witnessed that, especially with the young kids that I have in my life. You know, we were like at a at a party and these are all like eight, nine year old girls, you know, eight, eight and nine year old girls are not nice. OK, they're mean. They are really mean to one another unless they find like really good relationships. And in this one instance, the person that kind of led the group in quotes, you know, led the group, she was saying something to another individual and the, and me, right. The adult, she said something and I was like, yo, and she was kind of like, she was putting down the other person in a passive aggressive manner, which of course she didn't even recognize, right. Passive aggressiveness, but she was doing it. And then the other little girl, she was like, oh no, I would have never do that. And then I was like, wow, already at this age, they're learning about these relationships you know yeah and then i was like hey that wasn't really nice and then she was like oh no it's okay like defending her behavior and i was like no that's not nice you don't say stuff like that to one another especially of your friends yeah because it just goes back to show like we just want people to care right yeah <laughs> it's like what does it mean to care it's like if i say something hurts my feelings like did you care that you hurt my feelings or are you like eh I didn't really like whatever it is that makes you want to avoid the fact that you've hurt my feelings. Like that's what you're doing too, right? Like a bad, a harder relationship or a harder friendship is one where they can't hold that pain that you're expressing. And so they need to dismiss it mm -hmm. to be like, no, I didn't do that. Yeah. So that brings up a thought around proximity. Okay. And, I, and I'll tell you why I'm thinking about this because you can have friends, right, that you talk to on a regular basis and like they know your your day-to-day -day kind of functioning, right? And then you have friends that you haven't seen like in forever, but then you can connect with them again like nothing, like nothing's happened. And you're just like, dude, I'm going to download with you like the last five years of my life. Mm -hmm. And it's like so innately you're connected to one another. But I think what ends up happening for a lot of people is that there is this belief that all of a sudden, when you find this person, right, mm -hmm. that you latch onto as a friend, it's going to turn into this miraculous thing. And that's not always the case. You, you can have different types of friends yeah. that help you navigate different spaces. Yeah. I do yearn for that connection. Like I can tell it's the same way when you like date someone for the first time. When you make a really intense connection with a person, 
your brain literally turns on dopamine and serotonin. You know what I'm talking about? Either when Mm -hmm. you're dating or when you meet like a good friend and you're like, we are going to become best friends (laughs) right now. (laughs) Like I can tell that and maybe because I have a depressed brain, like when that part of my brain lights up, I'm like, oh my God, this feels so good. Is this how people normally feel? And I'm like, I can tell I want to just be in that space. And that's not all I have to be like, what is that about? Like, cause then, yeah, probably I can come on real strong. Yeah. Uh, I was, that's the thought that came to mind around coming on really strong because one of the things that I have felt that I do when there is somebody that is new to a space, I feel, and probably because I felt this, you know, where I feel kind of like out of place. And I just need somebody to make me feel a little bit less uncomfortable. I feel like I want to do that for others. So when there is um, an opportunity, I will talk to people and be like, hey, you know, this is who I am. So it's all right, you know, to help them feel less discomfort and be like, okay, I don't really know this person, but they seem nice. It's one step closer to maybe navigating this space in a way that's going to be a little bit safer for me. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm thinking of personalities. Do you, have you ever met people who I call the lecturers? Yes. <laughs> Where they don't talk with you, they talk at you. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's like, I really want to be really, I, it's funny because I actually have some friends that I, I will call the lecturers and I've gotten comfortable enough with them to be like, dude, your lecture status right now is so <laughs> high. Like, <laughs> you know, calling them out on it because I do, because there's like a part of being a lecturer that's also intellectual, like you study stuff. So you want to share your knowledge, but how does the lecture become annoying? (laughs) I am. I know that I do this because somebody will be like, I don't know. They share, they share some random fact and I'm like, actually, did you know that blah, blah, blah? Uh, (laughs) It's the phrase, actually, did you know? I have yeah. people in my life who are the actually people and it's become a thing because now my son says, so actually, and I'm like, where the fudgesicle are you picking that up from? <laughs> That's that thing. That's that phrase. So actually, yeah. actually, did you know? But it's funny to me because lectures take up space and the problem is not that they're lectures. Again, it's the self-awareness. It's like, if you're a lecturer, just be attentive to how long you lecture. You can lecture at non-lectures for a certain amount of time. But yes. if you lecture at me too long, forget it. My eyes are starting to glaze over. I'm looking around to see who else I could go talk to. Dude, I know this feeling vividly because <laughs> I, I will be like, okay, America, shut up now. Shut up. and. It happens out of two things. One, because, you know, I may know something that may be relevant. The other is, I don't even know how to shut up because I'm so, like, uncomfortable at this moment. So I'm just going to keep talking. You know, you're just like, and I'm like, oh, my God, uh, shut up. <laughs> yeah. So a simple skill as the person who is on the receiving end of the lecture is to stop yourself when you feel that and like what if i think i wish that lecture would just be like well tell me what you think about it hmm. just to give me space to contribute <laughs> to the idea yeah 
and 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 then listen for real too because you can't like listen to what I'm saying so you can come back and start lecturing me about what I just said yeah because you know there's this you know that oh man this took a long time for me to learn you know how when you're having a conversation with somebody and without listening to them you are already planning in your mind what you're gonna say next yes that is something that we need to work on to turn off because you're like not present with people no you're, you're not really listening planning ahead yeah yeah I also have seen um, examples of where somebody's like talking about something that, you know, let's say, I don't know, we're all talking about like Marvel comics or something. And then you have this one person to be like, yeah, did you see the amazing race? And you're like, what the hell? The amazing and, race? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know, it's, oh, it's okay. just, these are things oh, that come to my mind. Okay. So like random, random showstoppers, right? And you're like what and it and it comes from a place of discomfort right yeah. at least in my experience that and that's like so for me i'll be like actually no i haven't but they were talking about marvel comics <laughs> you have anything about marvel comics you know oh um, <laughs> so they don't feel as bad because everybody's yeah. like eyes wide open like what are you talking about yo yeah all of these things too are kind of like quirky behaviors right that in some spaces they're so accepted and valued and then in others you have to navigate because they're not as accepted so then for me I live in my head right where I'm just like oh my god what space am I in right now and I have to figure that out and then when you start thinking about how that relates to friendship right yeah the people I think that you most resonate with are mm -hmm. either on the same wavelength that you're like laughing at the most random thing, right? Mm -hmm. Which is the squirrel over there. Mm -hmm. Or the fact that nobody's talking about anything and I'm just standing there and it's like, what? Yeah. And we're connecting because we may be, we may share similar experiences or we're complete opposites in a space that are just like, oh, okay, let's try to figure this out together. That reminded me of this idea, this thing that... I spent a lot of time thinking about like being a giver and a taker. Yeah. Like, which kind of leads into the like selfish side, right? Like, are you a giver or a taker? We all, oh, we've talked about this. Like when we choose a, to, a food to eat, are you the one that says, well, I, tonight I want chicken and this is what we're going to eat. And you do that seven days out of the week, then you're a taker. <laughs> <laughs> and okay. if you're a taker and you are with, a person who gives all the time, that person's constantly giving. Maybe they like giving because they don't want to make the decision about what to eat for dinner. And there's some balance there, right? Mm -hmm. Even though once in a while that can get annoying because you're like, well, I know that I'm always choosing what to eat for dinner, but now I really need to know what you also want to eat for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> this is a dynamic I see in a lot of a lot of relationships, whether it's dinner or like what show to watch or like the small decisions every day. I have a really good example of that though, because I'm thinking about when I was in my twenties. Okay. This is a while ago, but I know this still happens because people go to bars <laughs> <laughs> and people are like, Oh no, we're going to go to this bar. Right. And it'd be mm -hmm. like, no, but we want to go dancing. And that mm -hmm. part doesn't have any dancing. And it's like, Oh, and it's that give and take. You're like, yeah, man, I really want to go dancing. And then like, you have to negotiate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
And if you're consistently like the one that's being like, fine, we'll go to a bar. And then you're just sitting there bored out of your mind or whatever. Mm, then you, yes, you then yeah. got to speak up. And that's what I'm saying. When you learn, these are the, this really is the training ground for you then being able to be like, no, yeah. we went to a bar last week. I gave you that. Now yeah. I'm going to go dancing. So you got to yeah. give me that. Compromise, conceding. Yeah. This was a fun conversation. Friends. Friend. We're going to talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Keep fighting in the open. Bye.